So by this time, you've probably gathered that we have a guest pastor here today. Many of you know and love him, and some of you don't, and it's my pleasure to introduce and welcome who, who doesn't love Pastor me? Doug Gerard. <laughs> Everyone loves you, but people, everybody doesn't know you. <laughs> so it, he has been our pastor for 20 years here in this church, and he, as I'm, it's joyful for me to say, my mentor and my pastor. And his time here was marked by unity of love in Jesus Christ. So we welcome you to the pulpit. <laughs> well, it's always great to be able to come back and worship with you as well as to have the opportunity to share God's, the, the joy of God's word with each other as well. And uh, this morning we have a great text from uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and uh, verses uh, 14 through 21 and I know that you uh, are all familiar with that and you'll recognize it and, uh, and uh, again what a week haven't we had with uh, thunder and rain uh, and then uh, the sad departure of Queen Elizabeth and, uh, and then as well the remembering back to uh, that time and 2001. Uh, I remember that very vividly, you know, and the question that a lot of us ask each other is, where were you on September 11th, 2001? Uh, well, I was getting ready for work, you know, and on the news, uh, the, uh, the photos, uh, and uh, I was just uh, still, I, you know, I get choked up at thinking at all that was going on at that time. And uh, uh, and for our country to be under attack. Uh, but here we are, 21 years later, and uh, unfortunately, one of the things that our passage will address here today uh, that uh, we take to heart is that uh, the spiritual needs of the world are as great now as they ever were. And so we rise up with uh, our Lord seeking to be faithful in communicating his message of light, love, uh, and goodness and kindness to those around us. So thank you to each and every one of you in all the ways that you serve our community, serve your families, uh, serve the church. And so uh, I say to you, thank you for your service. And uh, the, uh, one of the things that I uh, got into uh, after retirement, was uh, became a Riverside Sheriff uh, chaplain. And uh, the thing that was, has always been uh, somewhat amusing to me uh, is the, uh, whenever, wherever I go, if I'm around the uh, uh, sheriff's office uh, and or among uh, some of the deputies, they refer to me and, and respond to me with the word sir uh, all the time. Yes, sir, how can I help you? You know, or... How are you doing, sir? You know, and uh, uh, very, very uh, gripping, and I smile at that because when I was in the church as a pastor for all those 40 years, I don't remember being called sir ever. <laughs> no, we had a lot of fun. And uh, as I was sitting here and thinking is that I think that... Uh, Next year, 2023, is going to be the 75th anniversary uh, of the founding of uh, Palm Desert Community Presbyterian Church. 
And uh, one of my favorite stories from some of those historical documents that uh, I don't know where, where, where they're hidden now, Tom, but I think that they used to be back uh, hidden in the, the uh, hallway uh, between where the pastor's study is and, and then the exit over towards uh, the courtyard. Uh, but uh, there was a message that was given on the day that the church was founded and the pastor uh, indicated that uh, he said to the members who were gathering to found this new church, he said, we need three things. He said, first of all, we need grace. And God has a tremendous supply of that that we can rely upon. Uh, and then he said, we also need grit but because it's going to take the stamina and the hard work of the members here to get this church started and built. And then he said, and lastly, what we're going to need is we're going to need greenbacks. So grace, grit, and greenbacks. And so as Floyd was inviting the offering, yeah, thank you very, very much for your generosity. Uh, and if you can continue to be faithful, perhaps even give a little more, uh, I know the, uh, the church and the fellowship here would be very, very appreciative. What do you think, Brad? Yep. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, uh, let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter 3, and uh, beginning with verse 14. The Apostle Paul writes, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. And together we say, thanks be to God. Well, as I uh, turn to uh, my notes, where did I? Well, <laughs> well, I had them. Were they? No. Gee whiz. Here they are. Thank you. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, miracles will happen. And so as we look at, th as we look at this great text, uh, one of the things I want to first of all have you notice is that the Apostle Paul started off the chapter 3 this would be 13 verses prior, and he starts off with the words, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. And so that phrase, for this reason, and then uh, 
Paul seems to stop and from verse uh, 1 up to verse 14, there's sort of this parenthesis where Paul sort of got sidetracked in what he really wanted to say to them. Uh, but he went off in, in verse 2 and he says, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written uh, briefly. And so then in verse 14, this is where the Apostle Paul gets back to what he started with in verse, first, in, in verse 1. Uh, and so in verse 14, he starts off, for this reason. Uh, and then he says, I kneel before the Father. And so in terms of looking at this uh, and looking at this passage, one of the things that jumps out at me, especially with the letter to Ephesians, is just the phrase and the song that we'll sing uh, as we close the service today is our God is an awesome God. He's powerful. He's wonderful. He's loving. He's kind. Uh, what else do you know about God? I'm waiting. Go ahead. We're going to talk to each other here a little bit. Very nice. Excellent. There's joy, the fruit of the Spirit. So that comes to mind with our God and how wonderful and awesome that he is. Uh, and so uh, the other thing that I want you to notice about this particular passage is that just like in chapter 1 of Ephesians, there was this Trinitarian theme running through there. There was the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Each one was getting mentioned in terms of their actions, their activities, uh, their involvement and engagement in our salvation and in seeking to bring redemption to the world. Well, in this prayer that the Apostle Paul is praying and then the benediction, the Trinity is very immediately evident and mentioned. Notice that it says, I kneel before the Father, the Apostle Paul wrote from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And then he goes on and he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. And so the Trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three uh, in one, the Godhead involved in every step of our salvation, of our care. Uh, he created us, he sustains us, and he redeems us. And so these activities are very prevalent and apparent in this particular passage of scripture as well. And so when we pray, and usually in this prayer as well as in a benediction, there are blessings that are being extended. And so one of the things I want us to, to look at are a few of the blessings that Paul delineates. And so he says, in heaven and on earth derives its name. I kneel before the Father. So the Apostle Paul is giving us a situation here, a picture of what he's doing when he prays. So his habit, his, uh, again, approach was that he would kneel before the Father. There's nowhere in Scripture that tells us what our physical position should be uh, when we are praying. So we can sit. There are places in Scripture where it talks about they prayed and they were sitting with one another. 
Uh, the Apostle Paul in this passage, though, is indicating that he's kneeling before the Father. The practice of the Jewish community in the first century, and probably even today, is that they would they pray by standing and by holding their hands out, face, facing up towards heaven. And so asking for the blessings of God to be bestowed upon them. Next, when uh, we look at uh, the kneeling before the Father, prayer being very, very extremely important. To, uh, so the question I, I feel like we need to answer for each of us each and every day is, how is my prayer life? Sometimes when we think about prayer, we think that, uh, well, God's in charge of everything anyway. He knows what's going on better than I do. And so what difference will it make? And so we tend to skip that side of, uh, of prayer. Or praying with our loved ones, uh, praying with family at home. And it's interesting that James tells us that uh, you have not because you ask not. So how many blessings is God storing up there for each of us? And all we have to do is reach out and ask. And so prayer needs to be an extremely important part, along with Bible study, of how we live out our Christian lives. So one of the differences that we can certainly make in our community, in our homes, uh, and for our church, is to be people of prayer. And so in this particular prayer, we go from that important message there and point to notice that, first of all, one of the blessings that is being prayed for is the prayer for strength. Strength which uh, might by and comes through the Holy Spirit in the inner man. So Paul wrote, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So interestingly, he's telling us the importance of prayer and how that does have an impact on our lives on the lives of the church, on the lives of family members, and in the lives of friends and the community around us as well. So I pray that out of his glorious riches, now notice God's riches are glorious. And so the Apostle Paul is one of those writers where he loves hyperbole. And he likes to emphasize, and that's where in this particular passage, he says our God is a, he doesn't say an awesome God, but he says our God is just tremendous. And he's asking us in the blessing here that, to utilize and appropriate God's power in our lives, in our prayer lives, uh, as well as in our behavior, and allow God to fill us, use us, uh, and guide and direct us in our steps of service. And then the importance of the indwelling, the indwelling of Jesus Christ in our hearts. And so where is the center of who we are as God's people, as God's children? Well, the heart describes not only our intellect, our emotions, but then the core, the core of who we are spiritually. And so this power is supposed to be alive and we so we need to make room for Christ to dwell in our hearts. There's a great little booklet, uh, you know, and I know Den uh, was uh, friends with uh, Robert Munger, but uh, he wrote a little booklet entitled uh, My Heart, Christ's Home. And in that booklet, he talks about the fact that uh, when someone 
uh, moves into your house. You know, or, or I guess, you know, Jan, if I had the experience of uh, kids moving back home, uh, and then all of a sudden, what kind of uh, adaptations, adjustments are you going to make? Because someone else has entered the room and is now just not entered the room, but they brought their luggage, their belongings, you know, uh, sometimes pets. Uh, and, <laughs> and so the adjustments need to take place. And so what about when Jesus comes and moves in? Uh, is uh, Jesus going to uh, uh, want to allow things to, to remain the same when he moves into our heart? No, if our heart or if our lives are considered to be a house, you know, Jesus may want to you know, break out a new wall. He may want to put a new doorway, a couple windows here and there. He, <laughs> he may, may want to turn the, uh, uh, the one bathroom uh, and add a shower to it. You know, who knows? All kinds of adjustments that may occur. But one of the things that Jesus does through the power of the Holy Spirit is he strives to, to uh, bring cleansing, healing, wholeness, and he develops us in the process of becoming more faithful in, and as disciples. And so there's the spiritual power that we're blessed with through the Holy Spirit and by God's desire and will. There's the indwelling presence of Christ. May Christ dwell in your hearts by faith. And there can be no spiritual power where Christ is not honored. If by faith Christ dwells uh, in us, then the Spirit will take the things that are Christ's and show them uh, to us. This indwelling is assured by an unfailing faith in him. So if we want to continue to be the faithful disciples and people of God, then we need to allow Jesus not only to move in, but then also to take over, to take control through the Holy Spirit of our lives so that we in turn then can live out uh, faithfully and as he desires and designed. And then not only is there the indwelling presence, but then there is the character development. So it's Paul in verse 17, he says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. And what's interesting about these two words, rooted and established, is they're participles. And it's uh, both metaphors, rooted being agricultural uh, in its meaning, so that our root, roots need to dive deeply into the soil so that uh, those roots will firmly hold the plant or the tree in place. Uh, and uh, then there is the established uh, which is uh, an architectural term for having a building that's going to be firmly built and safe uh, forever who resides in that building. And so what uh, Paul is saying, I pray that you being rooted and established uh, in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So in this rooting and establishing, uh, that means that for any kind of a plant to grow, it needs to be in good, healthy soil. It needs to get adequate water, adequate sunlight. And so do we put ourselves in positions of good spiritual growth, good spiritual practices for becoming, again, more greatly matured uh, and able to be 
uh, further along in our growth into the image of Jesus Christ. That's God's plan, is that once he saved us, he predestined us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And so one of the things I uh, used to do with uh, you as a congregation, I would turn and uh, ask you to turn and uh, look at your neighbor and say to them, my, you're looking a lot like Jesus. So go ahead, turn to one another. My, you're looking a lot like Jesus. <laughs> and so when we say that to one another, what does Jesus look like? He's handsome. Now, he may not, uh, we may not what he looked like physically, whether he really was handsome or not, uh, but uh, we like to think that he probably was. Uh, but uh, sometimes we don't have to look on the outward appearance to know what someone looks like. So with, uh, you know, what, when, when people see you physically, you know, there's one, certainly one, one side of life that they're seeing uh, about each and every one of us. Uh, but what do they really see when they come and talk to you and become faced in a conversation with you and what have you? Uh, do they find someone who's full of joy, kindness, love, goodness, integrity? Patience. Patience. <laughs> uh, or there's some areas that really need to be scrubbed. Uh, you know, some areas that need, again, the cleansing of the spirit that comes to take up residence and dwell within us. And so it's a, a character development process in being rooted and established in love. And so the, uh, and, and may have power together with all the saints to grasp. Now, this next verse, these next lines, here are, to me, amazing. And let's uh, just go through them here. May have power together with all the saints to grasp, take hold of, and hold tightly how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Now, notice what Paul writes there. He says, wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ. So, Instead of three, three-dimensional, it's really like four-dimensional. Uh, there's the vertical, there's the, uh, there's a vertical upward, a vertical downward, and then there's the crossbeam that uh, goes broadly and wide. And so this four-dimensional love, and then Paul adds to that in verse 19, and he says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, now, scratch your head and think about that phrase and statement. To know the unknowable. Paul is asking uh, of us and is indicating that's part of the blessing of being in faith and in communion and in fellowship and in a relationship with the awesome God. So how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And so the aspect of really knowing and being blessed by God 
we need to realize that uh, God in his awesomeness, in his power, is wanting us to know the unknowable. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is to realize that only uh, we will know these things only when God reveals them to us. And so that means in our dependence, in our faithfulness in prayer, our faithfulness in Bible study, our faithfulness in carrying out God's service, uh, will this four-dimensional life of knowing uh, the depth, uh, the width, the breadth, and the deepness of the love of Jesus Christ. So oftentimes you hear the statement uh, that might be made is 90% of life is just showing up. And a lot of what uh, life is about from day to day, uh, we have uh, points and times of dreariness, but uh, there are those times when, it's, I guess as a pilot would say, uh, yeah, flying an airplane, you know, he says there's uh, you know, hours and hours of sheer boredom, you know, inter intermixed with uh, you know, moments of sheer terror. And so in that, same with life with, uh, you know, with our living and loving God, who's so awesome, is that, uh, and you've heard the statement and the phrase as well, is that if you want to make God smile, tell him your plans. You know, and so God has things for us in store. Uh, I remember uh, there was a story that a pastor told about someone who really wanted to go out and share their faith, uh, but uh, they weren't sure how to do it. And so somebody said, well, you know, here's a, here's a, a, a tract that uh, has these four or five steps. In fact, it's from the Billy Graham uh, Association. And, and so he put it in his uh, pocket, in his shirt, and he's standing there on a street corner, and somebody says to him, uh, oh, what's, what's that pamphlet you have in your pocket? Well, it turned out that the, uh, this gentleman uh, decided that uh, he wasn't going to go there. He chickened out. Uh, so he was asking God for the opportunity to share his faith. Uh, and so if we don't go to someone, it's interesting how someone will find us and, and ask us maybe, why do you seem to smile all the time? Why do you seem to be so carefree? You know, why are you so helpful? Why are you so kind? Why are you, every time I see you somewhere, you're saying somebody to somebody, thank you for your service. And so what makes you so happy? Well, there are these, those are the opportunities uh, that we're given to communicate our love for Jesus Christ and the change that he's made in you and in me. And so then finally, uh, in this particular passage and in this particular prayer, uh, and he says that you may be filled to the measure. Now notice this awesome God speaking through the Holy Spirit. Of course, Paul wrote uh, the letter, but the words are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so this is God saying to you and to me, so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Wow. So question, Lord, is your total fullness filling my life and my heart? Are you placing in me character attributes that are in you that I could be sharing with others? Where is the areas of working out? Where am I flabby? 
You know, where do I need to become stronger? Uh, what exercises do I need to become more balanced uh, and more devoted and have more uh, strategy as well as uh, stamina to be able to do your will and carry out the mission and ministry that you have for us? And then this benediction and prayer end with the benediction. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask. Stop and just take that in for a second. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work, where? Where is God's power at work? In you and in me. And we have the opportunity with that power then to bring glory to God, new life to the, to the uh, uh, people around us, and to bring other generations into the, uh, into the church and into the family of God. Our God is an awesome God. One of the things that I came across as I was reading through... Uh, have any of you uh, ever availed yourself of the uh, commentaries by William Barclay? All right, well, William Barclay was uh, a member of the Church of Scotland. And uh, so I was looking at uh, what he had to say about uh, chapter 3 in Ephesians. Uh, and I came across, uh, uh, I thought, a, a very timely and excellent quote uh, there. And he wrote... He says, once again, before we leave this chapter, let us think of Paul's glorious picture of the church. This world is not what it was meant to be. He writes, it is torn in sunder by opposing forces and by hatred and strife. Nation is against nation. Man is against man. Class is against class. Within a man's own self, the flight rages between the evil and the good. It is God's design that all and all nations should become one in Christ. And to achieve this end, Christ needs the church to go out and tell men of his love and of his mercy. And the church cannot do that until its members join together in fellowship, experience the limitless love of Jesus.